Welcome back to the Woman of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. This is Judy. And this is Sana. So today we actually have a really, really, really exciting topic. So this sort of came about, first of all, we sat down and we were talking to Margaret Stoll, who's going to be on an upcoming podcast about Captain Marvel. And Sana let us know that uh, Captain Marvel, Cara Danvers' hair is going to grow back into the longest shape. Yeah, you guys have probably seen the covers of Captain Marvel and the new series called Life of Captain Marvel that Margaret Stoll is writing alongside Carlos Pacheco. And her hair is now a longer blonde kind of hair. You know, it started out a conversation about hair and the importance of hair to women and men in pop culture and for ourselves. As women, we've spent our entire lives being told what our hair should look like. And as someone who has short hair or shaved hair, you get the, oh, why'd you you cut your hair off thing? And I've grown up with lots of opinions about my hair and I kind of hate it most of the time. Yeah, what was interesting was like back in the day when we chopped off Carol Danvers' hair, we got so much hate mail for that. I mean, people were upset that we changed our costume, but like in particular, the fact that we cut our hair to something that people believed was too masculine or androgynous, and it started challenging concepts of beauty. And I think for women, beauty, a lot of people perceive beauty starts with hair. So we just realized there's this whole like debate about hair, the politics of hair is an issue that we deal with, particularly in the incarnation of our female characters, and something that we're very, very thoughtful of. Like, you think about any character that we have, from Carol to Storm to America Chavez, every single character comes with a different visual look, but also has all these different backgrounds, too. So your hair is going to reflect that. So we thought it would be interesting to talk about Hair. Hair. And then it it happened to be that Marvel's Loose Cage, which is now currently Netflix, and we absolutely love Simone Missick on this podcast. I've talked to her many times. She is amazing. So Simone is plays Misty Knight on Marvel's Loose Cage, and Misty Knight is a character, an iconic character within Marvel Comics that has always had natural hair. Her epic afro that you see drawn in the comics. So seeing Simone bring Misty Knight to life and what they were able to do in season one and moving on into season two for natural hair and showing black natural hair I think is really important. So I felt that this was a great tie-in for us to bring Simone in and then also welcome Angelique Rocher who is the Marvel's Voices host who we haven't had on the podcast yet. And Angelique actually has fabulous hair. She has You guys have ever seen it. Yeah. It's like shaved on the side and she has like these beautiful braids on on like the left side of her face, I think. On the right side it's shaved. It's just the most the coolest hair. Anyway, outside of that, <laughs> outside of her hair, outside of her hair, she's actually done some really incredible things. She's actually an army cadet. She's a lawyer. She's worked on many uh, campaigns. She's worked for nonprofits. I actually met Angelique for the first time at the White House, so all of this makes sense as to why she was <laughs> she would be at the White House. So when she was working for the Foundation. So she's done so many different kinds of things outside of the fact that she's also worked in improv theater. So this woman has such a, a crazy background and she's such a force to be reckoned with. I'm so happy she's part of the Marvel family. And I think it's so great that she came and she talked about what her hair means to her and also how it affects like our, our own sense of identity, our own sense of self, our own sense of self-esteem and how we should really have this frank conversation because it's really, you know, another analog for 
the way that we perceive ourselves and the concepts of our own specific cultural, racial, gender identity, and how that is so influenced by the world outside of us. And so I'm, I'm glad we're kind of digging in, and I'm uh, very happy that Carol Danvers is the reason. Yeah. Just another way for us to celebrate her 50th anniversary. I know. Simone talks a lot about her mom, who actually their family were able to come and get like a cute little tour of Marvel when they were here. But anyway, let's uh, actually talk to the cool people that we have on this podcast today. I am sitting between two amazing, epic, 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 epic women to talk some great topics today. But first and foremost, I want to welcome our Marvel's Voices host, Angelique. Yay! Hi, thank you. And of course, Simone Missick. Misty Knight. Hey. Oh my God. This is like, I think your third or fourth time on this podcast. Yeah. But you guys are great. Uh, thank you. Well, I would love to have you by all the time. Yes. You're welcome all the time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so season two of Luke Cage is streaming right now. Right now. Right now on Netflix. Wow. Yeah. Just watch it as many times as you can. Yeah. And find all of the Easter eggs in there. I want to say your arm in hey. that show. Hey. It looks amazing. Really? Oh my God. It looks good. What was it like to come on set and be like, I'm a superhero now? Uh, painful. <laughs> you know, you always hear about like the people who um, have to sit through like seven or eight hours of makeup in order to get ready. I didn't have that, but that getting that arm on took two people baby powdering my entire arm before they slid it on. <laughs> and then it's like it takes a while for the material to give way to your body. Um. So you're literally walking around like half of you is is gone for the first like maybe hour of the day don't let it be a fight scene day because then you're trying to like punch and you've got like metal and stuff all over your head it was it was a lot but like you said you walk on set and you realize i'm a superhero now and um people who are working are enamored with it like, they're like, can I touch it? Can I see it? Every new director would come and they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Let me look at this. And so it, that part of it is huge. It's huge. Well, the topic of this conversation came to be because, you know, Sana and I were talking about hair and what hair means to us. Yeah. And, you know, hair is really personal mm -hmm. for, for women and for men. But I feel like for women specifically, we get told time and time again throughout our lives mm -hmm. how our hair should look. Oh, yeah. What is hair mean to you guys like for you was it something that you just like loved and you were just like with it i mean your hair this week has been fierce oh, by the you. way Simone. Thank you. every every single day every day thank yeah thank you very much thank and you. <laughs> you know and for those listening at home like each one of us have such unique hair you yeah. know um, yeah. angelique you haven't ever seen angelique she's has epic braids <laughs> and she's got the shaved head like me yes. so but like what does hair mean to you you know it has evolved as i've gotten older as everything does I'd stopped putting chemicals on my hair when I was in college. So that was a while ago. But then the idea of going natural where I wouldn't straighten it. I did that maybe 10 years ago or eight. Mm. No, eight years ago. And um, it was a long journey to get to the place where I was when I booked Luke Cage season one. That was the first job that I walked into the door with my natural hair. And I decided I was like something about this woman that I'm reading on the page seems like she should just have natural hair. Because as an actor, people are constantly like, oh, no, no, no. You need to have long, straight hair. Or if it's curly, it has to be 
the white kind of curly, like the biracial curl. It can't be the kink curl. And, you know, I have some kinky curly hair. So for some reason, it was something about the character that leapt off the page, this missy, you know, woman that I was like, oh, okay. It wasn't until I got the job. I was like, oh, isn't that wonderful? It looks like her hair looks just like my hair. But I will say this. There was a moment, and I remember... I was um, trying to decide between how to wear my hair. I forget what it was for. And there was this thought that I would be putting out the image that I wasn't enough, that my hair wasn't enough, that black women's hair wasn't enough. And I'm crying to my husband, like, I don't want to perpetuate this stereotype I don't want for women to feel like they have to ascribe to this Eurocentric type of beauty in order to be good enough. And he brought to my mind, he was like, Simone, you change your hair every other day. It's just a part of your creativity, as you've seen this week. And and if you go on my Instagram, it's always different because that's how I express myself. So I have stopped having other people's expectations on the way I should look and be and the type of black woman I should be. So it's it's evolved over the years. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think for me, when I was a kid, we always got perms. Like mm-hmm. it was a thing. Your hair was straight. It didn't matter what you wanted. And when I got to college, I, I actually was on a trip to Mexico and I got my hair cut off and came back with no hair. This did not go over well (laughs) with my parents. And I remember just this evolution, even in law school, when I decided Mm -hmm. to do locks, my career development office was like, you're not going to get a job. You know, I had moments where I was being a student representative of a scholarship fund. And I remember the CEO making a statement to the VPs that locks were a trend and that they were going to train students to understand that there was a certain wardrobe and a certain right like I've I've had it to such an extent that when I I finished grad school I was sitting there up for a job and I remember having locks and I remember not getting the job because I didn't fit the culture Mm. and it was that was the day I was like cut them off Mm -hmm. and I went natural and I kept going natural and I had these moments and it's always been this career field like going this understanding of being in a career field and having to have straight hair and I remember even being on the hill. Mm-hmm. I was growing my locks back and then suddenly I stopped and I got straight hair and mm-hmm. coincidentally, 45 days later, I got a raise and a promotion. And it, it was these wow. moments where you're like, this is carrot and stick. Wow. And I remember the moment I left the hill and I went to campaign politics and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm done. Braid it. Done. Mm-hmm. Not doing this anymore with y'all. Mm-hmm. No more perms. No more going through. And I took the braids out and I was in North Carolina. Because, I, again, I had locks for four years when I was in college. It's not like it was my first time going natural. Mm-hmm. And I was in North Carolina and I had been doing, you know how your hair is both a little perms uh-huh. and a little natural. It's like the sweet spot. And it, does, it doesn't it really d- want to behave <laughs> most days in the humidity. <laughs> and I walked into the salon. I said, cut it off Mm. i'm done Mm -hmm. and i was like if you're not gonna hire me because i have natural hair then you shouldn't be hiring me yeah but moment i got home my dad was like so where's your hair oh and i said oh "Oh, it's on the barbershop (laughs) because you get to a point where you you have that moment where you're like i'm done like how can i say be creative be out there do you Mm -hmm. when i'm going 
well, I guess I can't shave my sides off because I know that people are going to do X, Y, and Z because my sides are shaved. Mm -hmm. Because most people, when they find out, I'm a lawyer. Like, Mm -hmm. I come from a background, I've worked in politics. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, really? I was like, it doesn't change what I know. It doesn't change what I'm good at. Mm -hmm. But I think it's such a a message for women of color. Like, it's, it's such a thing where you think about our moms who went every single Saturday got a live perm, had to press it out, mm-hmm. and hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that was what you did. That's Saturday. You were in the salon yeah. getting your hair straightened. Yeah. And so I think it's so amazing to see characters mm-hmm. that have natural hair. In fact, I think there was a podcast that was literally named after... Misty Nice Twist Outs. Yep. Yeah. I mean, her her comic image of this, like, afro mm-hmm. is so iconic. And it's it's something that, like translate so smoothly Mm. to film i think it you know it's just so important that there are women including sana who's not here right now but like all four of us have a story about our hair that's really important you know and i started dyeing my hair when i was in high school never Mm -hmm. was treated with respect started dyeing Mm -hmm. it here 10 years ago actually i've been dyeing my hair and like it's something that's part of me it's i'm judy and pink hair that's just who she is now but you know in the beginning I took a risk. Mm. Now everyone has dyed hair. It's like everyone's got pastel hair. Right. Yeah. Hair. Unicorn it's the thing. hair. Everyone like it's on Instagram and everyone has yeah. like great yeah. like but I didn't want I wanted to be creative. I wanted to be me. Yeah. And that's important. And I think that a lot of young girls and boys out mm-hmm. there probably wrestle with who they are and what the hairstyle should be based on what society tells us is like expected. Yeah. And it's it's kind of ridiculous. So you know what's funny when I think about it. You talked about your dad and, and your mom, and you're talking about what little boys and little girls are uh, kind of they kind of deal with. So for me, it's twofold. One, I remember when I first moved to LA, I was just regularly straightening my own hair, and then I got to LA and I was like, oh, I need a weave. <laughs> oh, I remember that this moment. Is, this is the LA uniform. I gotta have a weave in weave order to be successful, bank, right? Ugh. Only I was getting like the basement bargain budget weaves, <laughs> and so like sometimes it would be like my texture on the top, and then really super straight on the bottom. Like I, I got some bad pictures, but I went home, and my parents were like, "What did you do to your hair?" Because they are people who embrace the natural of everything. For years, my mom wore her hair in a really short, short cut. And my dad loves her hair short. He's so mad she's natural and has long, curly hair. Even though everyone that she sees is like, oh, my God, you have a beautiful head of gray hair. So that was one thing. But then I think about when I see little kids who have their hair dyed, I'm always like, you're too young for that. Like that in my mind, even though for them, like you said, it's probably just a form of creativity and expression. I'm like, look at that little seven-year-old girl with highlights. Who would do that to a child? Why? Like, what? It's just dye. You know, it's not like she's going to push up bra and some high heels. It's just some hair color. So it's interesting, even when I examine my own ideas of what is the norm, you know, oh, no, hair dye for a child. That's not normal. That's not acceptable. But why? Why not? Yeah. I mean, just the idea of, like, having Mm. color in my hair, I feel like people treat me like I'm younger. Interesting. Like, I feel like... I mean, I'm almost 33, so I'm not necessarily, like, old or young. I'm in that weird middle world, especially here at this office. But, like... That mirror. (laughs) You're in the mirror year. Yeah. Oh. So, but I feel like people sometimes treat me like I'm still in my 20s because I've dyed hair. But Mm. I I think that that is that older generation of, like, Mm -hmm. oh, only, like, teenagers dyed their hair. Right. 
But nowadays, so many adults I know, I mean, I've gone up to women at conventions, like like women's in their 40s and 50s who have like beautiful purple and blue hair. I've been like, mm-hmm. oh my God, your hair is amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that the, just like tattoos, I think that oh. the ebb and flow is changing. But I think it has a lot to do with what we see on screen, mm-hmm. right? Seeing different types of people on screen, not just skin tone, but hair is so yeah. important. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, like, just in general, like, mm-hmm. you know, Black Panther this year is the moment in time where I feel like culture and mm-hmm. diversity mm-hmm. and women are coming out. And like, yeah. Yeah. how important is it that Misty Knight and not just Misty, but all of your other co-stars, women, they're all powerful, fierce women, mm-hmm. good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys almost all have natural hair. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know, I am so thankful that, you know, we have a creator a showrunner like Cheo. Cheo's wife has natural hair. It's so beautiful. And so for him, it was important. And, you know, we would have women come on and these women who are actresses in New York will go, you know, I I wore my hair curly for the audition, but, I mean, do you need for me to wear it straight? And and they would go, no. We hired you the way that you look. And it's such a tremendous gift because you see that look on their face. I'm going to cry. You see that look on their face where they go, oh, like you want me as I am. Like you want me to come in the door the way I come in the door? Really? I don't have to put this thing on my head and fit into this box. I can be me. It's the most beautiful thing to see. All of these, these women come in and go, oh, I am enough. And then they feel empowered to be those kinds of characters on screen. Before I came to Marvel, I was Mm -hmm. a vice president of a foundation. Mm. But when I came in for my first meeting, I sunk back into that moment where I was like, do I grow my sides back before I go into this meeting? Mm. Do I take my braids out? Mm. Do I leave them in? What do I do? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not really sure Mm -hmm. because you've gone through so many of those moments in your life that people will, will make that judgment before you walk in the door. And I think I was lucky enough that I went, they've seen my Instagram, my headshots everywhere. Mm -hmm. They're pretty clear who they Mm -hmm. asked to come in this Mm -hmm. office. Mm -hmm. And I think it's that if we had more moments like that where someone could walk into an audition Mm -hmm. and it's not the next step is, so we're going to have to get your hair. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. still the same skilled, talented person that you asked to come to this this office and be this person. And it says so much because I remember for me, Spice Girls was the moment. Oh my God. When I saw, (laughs) when I saw that video and I saw those curls and scared, man, I was like, mom, yeah, mom, 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 Mom. (laughs) why can't I do that? Like, Mm -hmm. why can't Mm -hmm. I have curly hair? It would still be three years before I was like, so I'm gonna cut this off. Yeah. And you're just going to be mad. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think the funny thing, too, is this other journey is what do you do with it after you cut it off? Because <laughs> we don't. And, that, and that's I think that's a very unique thing of being a woman of color is like mm-hmm. once you cut it off, it's like, oh, I don't know how to take care of it. Because mm. for mm. me, being from the South, I know your mom has. I saw her hair. Yeah. It's beautiful. She's here today, too. It yeah, is she's here today. gorgeous. But there are a lot of women out there who are now looking and going, oh, Missy nice twist out? What's a twist out? <laughs> yeah. How do I do that? Yeah. And then going and learning that and just changes the paradigm. It does. I get asked so often, like, what's your hair routine? And there was a part of me 
that in the back of my mind was like, I want to talk about politics and, you know, <laughs> culture and like, important stuff. And then I was like, hell no. I know what it's like to want to figure out how somebody gets what you get, like how you can make that happen for yourself. So I'm very transparent about, you know, something that seems trite. But for so many women, it is important because figuring out how to take care of your natural hair is such a process. I feel like, like you said, you know, when you're younger, you can go to somebody and they can put a chemical up in your hair and straighten it. Or they can press it to high heaven and then it's super bone straight. You get that. You're told that from the time you're young how to make that happen. But no one tells you how to just love yourself and your hair the way it grows out of your head. Why is that? Because it's not financially viable for the beauty industry to just let you be you. We want you to be our version of you. So I always say it takes a village to keep a twist out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it takes it takes a lot of women to help each other figure out how to how to do this natural hair thing. And, And I want you now that we're talking about hair, really notice for Misty as she starts out the beginning of season two. She is without an arm. She's putting some edge control on her on her edges with a small brush in the mirror with one arm. And her hair is in a in a wash and go in the natural hair community. We know we know that, that means you just literally wash your hair and walk out the door because she can't do a twist out with one arm. But then as she gets her swagger back, she gets an arm, the hairstyle changes. So watch for those small subtleties mm-hmm. because that's what happens when you have someone who leads the hair department in the second season that knows the minutia and the subtlety of that type of hair. So that was one last hair clip. Well, that was great. I yeah. mean, I, it's important. It's why Misty's amazing. Yay. Thank Yay. You. Well, Agreed. thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I wish I had had so much more time to talk to Simone and Angelique. I felt like Simone had so much more to add and, and so did Angelique. We only had like 20 minutes with them and it was really great. And I really got like a couple emotional and there were points when they were talking that like the hair stood up on my arms because I was like seeing that people of color have something to look to on screen. I think it's so important. Oh, absolutely. And it's definitely a different time now than it was before in the sense that there is a lot more diversity on screen We have to get better. We're still working on it. Give us some more time. But it is incredible. And to just showcase that, like, not every black woman is just going to spot an Afro. There's, like, so much more to it. And it's significant and it's meaningful. But, you know, I have to say, when I was, like, a young girl, I was very conscious about the fact that my hair looked totally different than everybody else's. Like, of course, I grew up in a mostly, like, white schooling system, white neighborhood, And the only other person actually who was quote unquote brown was my cousin. He was half Dutch and he looked white and it was so unfair. But (laughs) I had all these issues about what my hair needed to look like. My mom didn't know what to do with my hair because she had three boys and then me and she was surprised that I, I was a girl. And there's all these complications about me learning to figure out how to do my hair. And I don't have like flowing, like thick hair. You know what I mean? Like I just have like normal brown, like, you know, like flat hair. So as I grew up and I saw all these images outside of me, outside of this skin color issues, I was like, oh, man, I was like, and I can't get flowy, wavy hair like that. Like it's it's really, really frustrating. And I remember at one point I was like, I'm going to do something edgy. And I went to the salon and the woman like cut my hair and she cut it so short and it ended up becoming this boy haircut. Like literally, like not even like, oh, you know, it's short and girls can have short hair too. No, I mean, I mean, look like a boy's haircut because it was like cut weird to the side. It was like a bowl cut. And I was so mad. And I went home and my brother looked at me and he's like, what did you do? And I started crying But it's just, you know, it goes to show like you are so 
so aware of how the first thing that people see, obviously, is your face. And then a hair is a big part of that. So it definitely affected my childhood. I wish I could have <laughs> given you my hair because I didn't want my hair. I have, like, really, really, really thick hair. And I have a lot of hair. So growing up, I hated my hair. I hated having to do anything with my hair. I wasn't allowed to have scissors because I would go and cut my hair myself. There is an epic photo. We can always post on the internet. I look really bad. But I went and cut my own bangs. And it's like, you know, that awkward where it's like, doop, doop, doop. Like, it's like, high low, high low, high low. I looked really bad. Oh, my God. I hated my hair. So growing up, I would wear my hair in a ponytail. And it was long. It was like down in the middle of my back. I would wear it in a ponytail with a headband. Because I hated having hair in my face. I hated dealing with my hair. So girls... I got, I got picked on very much when I was younger. They would steal my hairband and my my hair tie so that I would have to wear my hair down. That's so sad. Yeah. And so it really just emphasized that I hated my hair. And then I always wanted to dye my hair. But um, back then, parents did not allow 15-year-olds to dye their own hair. So I wasn't uh, allowed to dye my hair until I was 17. And then I never looked. I never stopped. I never looked back. And I've been dying my hair since. But now everyone has my hair. Because it's cool. Yeah, you have a cool, you have Captain Marvel, but it's, Captain Marvel haircut. Yeah, but it's also, you know, it's something that by shaving your sides, it's very masculine. And so by having sort of this style hair, it's, I think it's a statement in general. I mean, but I just, I, lo- I like my hair. But for men, it's a weird statement where, well, like, clearly I must be gay or something because I have this, like, masculine hair. Well, I think I don't know if it's necessarily for men. I think just people have a perception that women should have a certain length of hair and men should have a certain length of hair. And like it can swap. Right. Like a lot of men have fabulous long hair. I've met guys. I've actually dated guys who've had longer hair than me in the sea culture. It's actually a part of the culture, their cultural religious identity to never cut their hair. Men have these gorgeous long locks that they end up tying into something called a bug, bugri, which is like a turban. And women, too, always grow their hair. You don't cut any part of your hair. Like, that's why a lot of men have uh, lots of beards and long hair, because it's a signal of strength. So I thought that was really, really interesting. And so I have experienced, like, different interactions with individuals on how they perceive their hair, the struggles that you have with it, the way that you value it, the way that you are ashamed of it. Like, it's so crazy how we have all of these different attitudes, and it's literally just this, like, dead thing that is on top of our heads. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully, like, people who've listen- who are listening to this podcast will appreciate the fact that there are all these different kinds of unique stories and that everyone comes from a different perspective but from a different background and eventually will find a way to find some beauty in their own hair and some sort of sense of, of strength from that hair and realize that it should not be like anyone else's. It should be how you want it to be. And hopefully, like, whoever parents are listening, they realize the impact this is going to have on their kids as well. Yeah. Dye your hair like me. Everyone should have purple hair. I can't do purple (laughs) hair. I've never dyed my hair ever in my life. We can get you purple extensions. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Like, San Diego Comic-Con, you should get some colored extensions. San Diego Comic-Con, that would be amazing. Oh, wait. Let's talk about San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, (laughs) nice segue there. San Diego, it's a thing. It's coming up. It's in two weeks, and we are doing two fun, fun, fun things. I mean, the Women of Marvel panel is, of course, going to be there. It's going to be like our ninth or tenth year doing it. So we've got a whole cast of creators who are coming and actors. We've got the behind the scenes 
folks from Marvel Rising, our animated event that is kicking off end of the summer. We have uh, Kat Kavari, who plays Ms. Marvel, Milana Vitrup, who plays Squirrel Girl, and uh, we also have Christy Reed, who is our voice director. And who am I forgetting? Margaret Scott. Margaret. Is- oh, Margaret Scott. Yes, Margaret Scott, who is our, our writer for Marvel Rising. And we'll be talking about all of the awesome characters in Marvel Rising, some of which who've been around for the last few years and who've been these breakout stars of the Marvel Universe. So I'm very excited. Oh, oh and, and, and for folks who are coming on Thursday, we're going to have a Marvel Rising panel with a few more stars in the show. And also we're going to be doing some awesome sneak peeks of Marvel Rising itself and maybe get some special things. Can't tell you what, but it's going to be really awesome. Ooh, din din din. Yeah, so well, Thursday's it was sort of a really Marvel Rising So what uh, time is Thursday's panel? At 3.45. And Women of Marvel panel is on Sunday at 12.30 p.m. in room 60E. Yes. And uh, Rising is also in the same room, 60E. Correct. So just live in that panel room yeah. all weekend. Just we don't ever be. Don't ever go home. And also, this is the first year that we're going to be doing a fun stage event on the Marvel stage on the convention floor at 2.30 p.m. on Friday to play a little trivia game with fans. Yeah! And talking a little bit about Life of Captain Marvel, because um, issue one will be on stores, in sale, on stores. On stores? It's going to be sitting on top of the building. <laughs> That's how you buy it. It's so big. It's, it's like so, an obstacle course. It's literally so good. It's it, bigger than the store. Uh, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> and we're also looking for you to show up in your Carol Danvers costumes in honor of the 50th anniversary. Show up in your uh, Miss Marvel, your Captain Marvel, your original Carol Danvers costume with the stomach window, and Kamala's. We would love to see some Kamala's, too. So, I would love to see some Kamala Khan. So, personally... Let's let's do it. I'll take pictures with you. And anyone who cosplays actually as the Marvel Rising characters, the costumes are slightly different. We are going to get lots of pictures with you. Please, 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 please come. Uh, and I'll try to get you extra goodies if I see you in a Marvel Rising costume. Well, it's going to be busy. Busy, busy, busy. And also, you know, if you guys are swimming by the booth and you're not there either on Friday or Sunday, just come by and we'll be running around. And we always want to talk to people that listen at home. And we might have something to give to you if you come find us. You never know. I think that's it. Thanks again to Simone Missick for joining us and Angelique Rocher. Season two of Marvel's Luke Cage is currently streaming now on Netflix. So go binge all of season one and season two. And then also you guys can go listen to the many podcasts that Angelique has done for us on Marvel's Voices. If you go to marvel.com slash podcasts. She's been talking to some amazing Marvel crews and fans and everyone and uh, there's more coming. Thank you guys for uh, listening as always. Hopefully we'll get to see you at San Diego Comic Con. This is Marvel. Short hair don't care. <laughs>